Picks the World podcast with Sam and Katie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fix the World podcast. My name's Sam Avery and I'm here with my co-pilot, the wonderful Katie Tracy. Hi, Kate. Hi, Sam. Hi, everyone. You're all right. I hope everyone is good on this fine evening slash morning slash afternoon, whenever it is you're listening. Um, and we're back with another episode of the podcast where we seek to make the world a slightly better place by... We do it. We do it so you don't have to. Exactly. We're like, the, we're like a sort of... Um, we're like a sort of community service kind of a provision, aren't we? Where we just, we tackle we're the like, things in like life. The repair shop, but for things that aren't about to be thrown away. I like that. But like the Cagney and Lacey of fixing things. <laughs> Which had a great theme music. It's a very current yeah. reference as well, everyone. It, I think a lot of our references give away our age. And I think if, if, so true. <laughs> if there's anyone in the 20s listening, by the way, shocked. I need to get a bike pump because me penny farthing's got a flat tire. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got one of them new penny farthings? Yeah. And I put some bread bread thingies, the things off the bread wrapper in the spoke, so it's how they like have motorbike when I cycle. Oh yeah. I remember when the Vectar electronic computer bike came out in about 1985 and it was advertised in the back of this comic I used to get every week. And it was a bike but with a computer on. And you know. Looking at it now, it was just a speed speedometer and like a couple of other buttons, but it looks futuristic. But it looks nineteen yes, eighties futuristic. I'm surprised yeah. the G Tech man. Oh, he's made a bike, hasn't he? Oh, I'm think a little so. bit like fascinated slash irritated by the G Tech man. I don't know much about the G Tech man. He, he's the one. He makes a Hoover. He designs a Hoover. Makes a Hoover. Stars in the advert. He probably answers the phone when you phone up to order one. He's a <laughs> megalomaniac. He, he does it all. He probably answers the phones and he mm. yeah, he has his Christmas party on his own. Yeah. Just <laughs> dancing around to Wham. Yeah, getting he off boots out a whole Chinese buffet restaurant just for him. Oh, which and then list- when he when he drops some sesame seeds off his prawn toast, he's like, Don't worry, I'll sort this out. <laughs> Gets his little G Tech handheld out of his back pocket. <laughs> I've got one of them dust busters, you know. Well, you want to see a doctor about that, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> I know, but there's a massive waiting list. So I thought I'd ask you. You, you said you'd fix things. It's, yeah. it's the thing for I the car. Dustbuster. I've, I've pl- yeah. calling it now. <laughs> the dustbuster, yeah. Everyone needs a nickname for it. And the dustbuster is gathering dust. Um, <laughs> no, it's the thing that you, you plug into the, uh, what you call it, the cigarette lighter in the car, and then you can, like, hoover the car. And it's pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I bet you're you're there showing off in front of all your neighbours like, hey guys, Honestly, God, yeah. because that is gonna dust bust it, guys. Oh, what are you guys doing with your dust? I bet you just have to drive there fast with the windows open and hope for the best, yeah. don't you? Look at you with your Henry Hoover on three extension cords, you <laughs> dickheads. <laughs> don't need look at me. Whoa, I can dance while I Hoover. Thing is, as you'll know from episode we did in my car you'll know that I, I haven't really used the dust buster for a while because my car is just a, an absolute cesspit well there were some odd socks in the car so much it concerns me yeah the socks you know what the socks were there for like basically that was the road trip episode one of the fuck the, the socks were there to kind of keep the recording device in place and so he for, says for the following week anyone <laughs> who got in the car I had to explain oh I was doing a podcast and uh I had to use these socks to keep the recording device in place. And they were like, all right, mate. And (laughs) that was about, what, three weeks ago? 
four weeks ago. Those socks yeah. are still in my car. Oh, I do that all the time. They're on the back water seat. Water bottles. I'm the worst for water bottles in my car. Yeah, they're everywhere. Coffee, coffee cups as well. Oh. All that sort of shit. But uh, speaking of old episodes, I was, I was, uh, I was away at the week- weekend, and we were me and my wife were um, playing a, a board game. Um, we played the, the the brand new logo game, which was uh, which is all about food. Which oh yeah. You know, logo. Yeah, the, the logo game. Yeah, it was good. We had a good old, you know, good old back and forth on this logo game. And then ultimately I lost, I think I you lost know, all four you know, games. Though, when you do play it, it's like you win the logo game. And at the end, you don't even feel proud of winning because you're just like, oh, I need to get a fucking life. <laughs> Why do I know the difference between the Vauxhall logo and the Ferrari logo? Get it yeah, there's something nice. nice. Used, to be, used to try and at least be cool. There's something nice to, to lose at that game, isn't it? To show that yeah. you've not been tainted by capitalist society. No, you are going, no, it's high as tomato, not oxtail soup, it's definitely tomato soup. It's <laughs> like, come on, now, what's become of us? <sighs> well, we're all just polluted, aren't we? And speaking <laughs> of pollution, speaking of pollution, I was in Blackpool at the weekend. <laughs> oh. Do you know what? Like, people have a pop of Blackpool. So me, 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 Rach and the kids went there for three nights we stayed. People have a pop of Blackpool. I just think it's brilliant. I just think it's great. I just You know what, you, you know what you're going for? Exactly. The kids loved it. We loved it. I ate chips about nine times. I'm dying for a Rennie now. I just, I need a pack of the Rennies. Mm. I've just but been... You can't, go to, you can't go to a resort like Blackpool and be like, oh, no, I'll just have a little couscous, please. Oh, exactly. But yeah. You gotta have chips. You gotta have fish. You gotta have a sausage. Yeah, I nearly got a deep fried Mars bar as well, but I sort of drew the line at that because I only ever do that in Scotland. This little little rule I have really. But uh, yeah, are go. they nice? I've never tasted one. They're really nice. Deep fried pizza's even better. Just it's so bad and wrong, but my god, it just feels like heaven. It's, it's just like pancake mixed batter, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I used to make banana fritters. That's a little the healthy option. A little how, bit. Yeah. How can you take something that's so healthy and go, how can we make this the most unhealthy we can make it? Let's dip it in batter and deep fry it. Let's get a fruit salad and mix it with crystal meth. <laughs> at least with a at least with a Mars bar. Even just a Mars bar, you know it's not great for you. So you may as well be hung for the sheep instead of the lamb. But don't like, <laughs> you know, don't take a one of God's gifts. A, a nice banana, a nice ripe banana with all that potassium and go, let's kill it. Let's kill it off. Yeah, let's do some squats. They're good for you, but let's do it onto broken glass because that's not good for you. Let's balance it out. Maybe there's like a bit of a Buddhist learning in that. It's the yin and the yang <laughs> in it. It's the... did, you, did you go on any rides in Blackpool? We did. We went to the fair on the Saturday and it was brilliant because I'd not been the fair since I was 17. So that's, you know, that was about four years ago. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's changed a little bit since then, but I forgot how good it is because I've been to Walton Towers and stuff and you go, oh, that's good, you know. And uh, But like there's something about Blackpool Fair. It's just, it's a proper fair in that some of the it rides. I find, I find Walton Towers quite boring. But it's all but very it slick. Yeah, it's very, very well presented. It's all been designed perfectly. Whereas Blackpool Fair feels like they've they've just crammed everything in because they haven't got much space. So everyone's like touching each other and leaning over each other, and the rides are all, 
you know, you, you're above one ride, you're below another. You can see where the wood, you know, how it's like 300 years old and it's creaking under the weight. Have of you the seen? Um, so, you know, everyone goes, oh, the big one's scary, yada, yada. But there's a ride there. It's about 600 years old and it's called the Grand National and it's the most dangerous ride ever made. Have you seen it? Okay. Yeah. I've got something to tell you about the Grand National. So, well, I, you go first. Well, so, uh, we should go together actually and see who wins because that's what the Grand National is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the Grand National. So I, me and you are presuming that everybody knows what Blackpool's like because it's such a famous part of Britain. But there's, there's, you know, we know there's people listening from other countries or if you yeah. live on the South Coast or whatever, you might not have been to yeah. Blackpool. Sorry, international yeah. listeners. Um, but, but it's a, it's a, a quint- traditional seaside resort yeah. in the yeah. UK. Quintessential British seaside town. Had like yeah. decades of glory back in the sort of twenties up until probably the sixties, and then it's sort of been in decline. But it's it's hung on to its character, hasn't it, and its heritage. And yeah, it's got a, a fa- bit... it's got a faded grandeur. That's a great. That's that's how I'm going to describe my uh, hairline. Um, yeah, I'll call I'll, I'll call my next album that. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'm not going to call it the Dustbuster anymore. I'm going to call it my faded grandeur. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we, we were so we were at the fair, right? So and I remember that that ride in Blackpool, the Grand National, from when I was a kid. And so there's two roller coasters chasing, uh, racing each other. So we join the queue and uh, we get near the front, and you've got to choose which roller coaster you're going to get on. So there's all four of us, me rating the two kids, two six year old lads. We join one queue. We get to the front. We're next on, and as we're about to get on, um, we're waiting for the carriage to come back to get on the queue behind us just completely disappeared and they were just chewing everyone away. And then they came up to us and they went, sorry, gonna have to close it now. We were like, oh no, we went, yeah, yeah, it's got stuck. It's hanging over the edge. <laughs> like, oh what? my God. What? Now, the, the, the way the guy told us that news, I mean, surely there's got to be some lessons in subtlety. You know, if you're telling people that it's hanging over the edge. Yeah, like Ray <laughs> please exactly. stay in your seats or you may die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was just there was no bedside manner there. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to tell you the worst possible scenario here, and I'm going to tell you exactly like it is. So we left, and we were like, Jesus, that could have been us. And we went around the corner to get a get a drink and get some more chips because I hadn't had any chips in about five minutes. And we could see, <laughs> we could see the, the 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 ride. We could see the bit that it was stuck, and we could see the, the actual carriages we were going to get on. And it was just like hanging over the edge. It just got stuck. Everyone was safe, but it's not ideal, is it? And they were up oh, like that nineteen seventies film Roller Coaster. Do you remember it? Was that a disaster film? It was Boss. It was oh, so crap. I haven't seen that. I do like those crap seventies disaster films. Yeah. So yeah, so everyone got down. I think they fixed the ride, but then it was shut for the rest of the day. So we never went on it. So. Yeah. So what happened to you? Well, so picture it. <laughs> so, now, so years ago, I was going out with this, this lab, Paul. Um, I hope he's listening to this. I'm going to text him and ask him to listen because this is this was hilarious. So we went to Blackpool for the weekends and we went with his cousin, Phil, because Phil said he'd drive. So this is, we'd only been going out with each other about six months and we just like, come on, we'll go. So we went on the Friday and it was absolutely freezing cold, right? And on the Saturday, we walked along from where we were staying. We stayed in this really shitty B&B, like a two-bedroom B&B. So Phil was in one room, we were in the other. And we walked down to the fair, and it was absolutely Baltic. 
And, you know, like when you see, like, um, severe weather warnings and the waves are crashing, like, 15 foot up against the breakers, that's what it was like. So we get in the fair, yeah. and um, Paul just had, like a, like, a fleece and a pair of jeans and some trainees and whatever, and I had a big coat and whatever. And so we went to the, the Grand National. We went, we'll all go on the Grand National. And I'd never been on the Grand National before because my mum used to be dead paranoid when we went to the fair, and she'd only let me go on the soft rides, and I used to go mad. So I was made up to, to go. Like, I was only like twenties. I was made up because I was allowed to go on, on the, uh, the Grand National. <laughs> so we all got on, and there was this us three, and then this little kids on the because there's like four horses in a row, and they're all on a rail, and it's like a roller coaster uh, rail, and it goes around. And but there's always one horse that wins, and it's a different horse every time. But you sit on it, and it's, it's basically like a merry-go-round horse. You're not strapped in or nothing. You basically just holding on for dear life, using your pelvic floor to make sure you don't fall off and die. And it's not going particularly fast, but it's going fast enough that you'd have to hang on really tight, right? So we're all on this thing going round. And it was quite scary, but it gets to the end. And as it gets to the end, this kid on the end, his dad was filming him on his, like, well, at the time, it might have been like a, video, a, a really, you know, video camera yeah, or phone yeah. or whatever. So as we all get off... <laughs> Paul cocked his leg to get off the, the horse, the Grand National. His jeans split and his, his balls and cock fell out. <laughs> All the while, this man's filming his child who'd just been on the Grand National. And I we, we just went in bulk race and this fellow was like horrified. The kids started crying. And then we were, I'm going, why haven't you got any undies on? He was like, I just didn't put none on. And I was like, what the hell? So I was like, we need to go and so he had to wrap, I was going, well, take, I went, take your, take your top off and wrap it around your waist. So like, people, and he went, I've got an, an onions on my jacket. And I was like, what the fuck's the matter with you? So then I, I had to take my coat off or Phil took it and he wrapped it around his waist. And I was like, we'll go and get a needle and thread and I, we'll go somewhere and I'll, I'll sew your jeans. So we went, but bear in mind, it was freezing cold. We were all dead pale shivering we didn't we were hung over and then we just went up to this this kiosk and there was this like woman and she was like from like eastern europe so she didn't really understand and i'm going to her have you got a needle and she's just looking at me and i'm going a needle i trying to like mime a needle and then i'm going she probably thinks we're after some actual syringes so we can do heroin because that is exactly what we look like so we ended up how was he going to taxi back to the B&B so he could change his jeans? And then we just went back to the fair. And, oh. you know, when you're just laughing at something all day. Yeah. But then That's... when we got home, we're trying to tell people the story. And You know, when someone's telling you the story, that happens to them and they're laughing so much. Yeah. Because you weren't there, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's golden, isn't it? The fact it, that he's this, got this nothing on. poor fella had this on his video phone of him just cocking his leg over the oh, thing. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> So funny. He's lucky that That's that was my story then. about the Grand National in Blackpool. He'd be all over TikTok nowadays, wouldn't he, with that picture? <laughs> that, that video would be all over it. <laughs> no, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, when the big one meets the Grand yeah. National. <laughs> and just, just to keep you guessing, I won't tell you which horse it was. And then you might, you might, you know, come into contact. Right. Okay, yeah. Take, take some wipes with your people. <laughs> Just give it a case that he wipes, just in case. Maybe he's written his name. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it was funny. If it was as cold as you say, it's probably not very flattering, is it? Especially still no, it wasn't, uh, I mean, that day was nobody's finest hour. 
but oh, it was funny. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the woman thinking you're all smackheads asking for needles. <laughs> <laughs> you got any spoons? You got any tin foil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black so, pool. Hey, hey, what are we fixing this week? Speaking of B&Bs. Oh, well, this week we're, we're going to be fixing hotels this week. And uh, I, yeah, B and B's. I mean, I saw a lot of B and B's in uh, Blackpool. A lot of, lot of. It's. I mean, I don't want to make this a Blackpool episode, but my last thought on Blackpool before you know linking into hotels is that all the B and B's. They're all. You know, you think by now someone would have bought a couple of units and like put them together, but they're all just single, like houses next to each other, and they're all they all look very similar, but it's they're all full as well. It's good to see. I'm waiting for the point when they'll gentrify it. I, I, oh God, that'd be so sad, wouldn't it? I know, but I've stayed in some horrible B&Bs in Blackpool and they need gentrifying. And by gentrifying, I just mean like clean sheets and um, <laughs> no stains on the wall. So by, by gentrifying, you mean two-star rating? No, I love Blackpool. I'd be the first person to admit it. I don't go to Blackpool hoping to stay in the Ritz-Carlton. No, no, you want a bit um, of maybe. But it's, it's funny because it's such a... It's got such a beautiful front and all those really like I like Victorian like buildings on the front and you wonder why someone hasn't gone. You know what? Make an absolute killing here. Mm, yeah. Well, thankfully that hasn't happened and like let's hope it just stays the way it is because it's just. I know because little kids love Blackpool and you can't take that away from them. Loads of sugar, loads of shiny lights. Yeah. You know, who doesn't like that? A cooked breakfast yeah. made of mint rock. <sighs> So hashtag keep Blackpool Blackpool. That's my exactly, uh, exactly. That's my, that's my message for everyone. So yeah, this week <laughs> we're fixing hotels. So I thought what would be useful is if before we start fixing hotels, we kind of get a feel for like uh, you know what's what's out there at the moment in the hotel world and, and some interesting facts that I've found about hotels that I'm going to share with you. So you can let me know your thoughts on these, Kate. It uh, hit me. So I'm going to hit you with the first one. The most expensive hotel room to stay in in the world mm. is the Empathy Suite Sky Villa at the Palms Casino Resort in Vegas. It's $100,000 per night. And as part of that, you get two floors, a chauffeured car service. You get 10 grand to spend in the casino downstairs, which I think is a load of... You know, if you spend it 100 grand and they give you 10 grand to spend... 10 grand to spend in the casino. That's not really... That's that. I, that's not really a selling point for me. Um, it was designed by Damien Hurst. Oh, what? Is, so what? There's like funky. half carcasses of dead animals everywhere. There's probably yeah, a shark in formaldehyde. Yeah. Come into the donkey lung suite. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to stay there for two nights minimum, so it's two hundred grand. So See, that's just outrageous because I just think no matter how much you pay for your hotel room on the last morning before you go home, when you wake up, all you want to do is go home. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'll just stay. I'll just stick around in this room for a bit longer. Because as soon as I wake up on my last day, I'm like, right, I just want to be home now. No, you want to get out, don't you? But if, if I'd spent 200 grand on two nights, I'd be staying there till they kick me out. You know, when they come around, they're like, <laughs> are you finished yet? And I'm like, I'm just having a poo. I'd just be like making the most of everything. No, but if I spent 200 grand on the room, it wouldn't be, I'm just having a poo. It'd be like, come and wipe my bum. Come Come and hose me down. Come and rub me back because I'm struggling with this one. This is what I'm paying the service for. 
Come and is help me get this. That, maybe that's a different service. <laughs> I think that probably is, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I'd be getting the stats. They're coming out. And just hello room service. Can someone come and rub me colon, please? <laughs> <laughs> hello room service. Can someone come up and help me get this second pillow into my suitcase, please? Yeah. Um, can someone just everything? come and um, give me a quick colon before I go home? Would you ever get at one of them? Because I've had I'd be one. Quite... Are they good? I'd be quite keen to get one. Yeah, felt brilliant afterwards. Okay, well maybe I'll felt get like one. conscious of what I ate afterwards. But you're lying there. It's not a very dignified um, situation. And this tube goes in, in your bum all right. And then they, they, they like flush you out with all this water. But then the tube goes into the cave. <laughs> it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, it was like one of the mad rooms. <laughs> so the tube then goes into this machine that was like attached to the wall. And so you can see, like, whatever comes out the tube, it just, it's like snakes around the tube and goes, but you can see the tube and the machine and the machine's oh. got like a, it's like a weird contraction, like with a, like me, like, like a washing machine drum sort of thing. And so I sat there and they, they pipe the water in your bottom. And just when you think you're going to shit yourself, it, it just drains away. So they do this numerous times. I'm sorry, listeners, to be so graphic, but I'm asked, and I'm not one to shy away from these things. But then, at one point, she was like, "All oh, she's going." She looked to point at the tube, and there's this thing going along the tube of water, and she went, "See that?" Bear in mind, it was July, and I went, "Yeah." And she went, "That's probably your Christmas dinner." Oh, <laughs> from what year? Oh God. Jesus Christ, I'd be scared what I'd find. No, the only reason I had it was because one of my mates was getting married, so she went and got it three times before she got married. And she was like, literally, she couldn't have looked better on a Wednesday. She said she just felt like totally yeah. detoxed. But that's um, the problem with detox, and you have to retox. Yeah, because we like tox, don't we? We like tox. We like toxins. We like a, a little bit of tox here and there. <laughs> that's what Friday night's all about for me sit down anyway, anyway we digress I'm sorry to, to be so yeah, graphic sorry, yeah, but, but I, if anyone ever wanted to know what it's like I recommend it but don't come out thinking you know it's not dignified <laughs> I'm not a dignified person though so maybe I will do it and I'll I'll, I'll just check group on later and if there's any deals I'll get one done and then we can do an episode about it which will probably be uh, a great way to turn listeners off uh, <laughs> so <laughs> There's, a, there's another one that's there's a bit of debate about which is the most expensive hotel because there's a company called North Pole Igloos and they've got a, a really expensive hotel room which is £105,000 a night, uh, dollars per night, sorry. Uh, but that's, you get a night at the... Do- you get, uh, it doesn't say, but you get a night at the North Pole and a helicopter flight between Norway and the North Pole. So, I mean, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, what is there to see? Well, it's when just you're like... you're flying over at the North Pole... You're flying over snow and ice. There's nothing to see. You may as well look at a blank sheet of paper. It's just what's the fly over something exciting. It would be boring, wouldn't it? Unless you saw like a, a oh, wild. What's, beast. what's that there? Oh, it's just a little hill of snow. But imagine if you saw Father Christmas. Imagine, imagine <laughs> as an adult, you just saw him and you're like, oh my god, I believe. I'd be uh, like, I need, I need to come off the the diazepam, Nick. What are you doing? I need See another colonic. I've, I've had too many my toxins. Friend, my friend Carol stayed in the actual ice hotel that was on. Um, have you seen that? Um, what's it called? 
extraordinary places to stay with that tit Giles Corrin and that woman. And they go and stay in the fanciest hotels and tell you about it, you know, because that's what the population needs who are all struggling to pay the gas. And like he, them two tits going, yes, yeah, so yeah. they baby with a palm leaf. And uh, anyway, they would, but they were in the ice hotel, which is somewhere in, I think it's like Finland or Norway. And they build it every year because it melts every year. And you get like these animal skins to like wrap up in and whatever. Jesus. And me mate and her sister went and she says it was just amazing. Oh, I mean, that does sound like a sickening program, but one that I would love to be the presenter of. Oh, no, I'm watching big, it. It's amazing. <laughs> but I'm like, the, it's, you spend all that money to stay in the ice hotel. And like in the winter, I don't even like having to get up for a week when it's cold. So imagine <laughs> me in the ice hotel. I just have to piss the bed. Yeah. If the bed's made out of ice, though, that might melt the bed. Mm. But, but maybe not. Speaking of ice, there's a palace, it's a place called the Palace of Salt in Bolivia, and that's a hotel made entirely of salt blocks. And there's one rule, which is guests are forbidden from licking the walls. I feel like that should be a rule for every building, quite feel, frankly. It doesn't even need to be a rule, I think. It's more of a given, isn't it? It's you more should. like, if you brought up well, you don't lick walls. You might have the odd lick of a window, just to see what it's like, <laughs> but walls stay away from. This what is will they one. think of next? Yeah. A, a, a hotel made of salt. Yeah. Uh, I bet you don't get any slugs in there, though. No, that'd be a good one, though. Yeah. Uh, I've just is... thought of an invention. Go on. Right. So, in really old houses, you get slugs, you can't help it, in the really old Victorian terraces. And they, they get through in the winter because they want to get in somewhere warm. What if they just mix salt with mortar and bricks? Oh, my God, that's an amazing idea. I've just fixed house building and slugs. Oh, I mean, there might be a really obvious reason why that's a terrible idea. but to Maybe me, your house will fall down after the short amount of time. But uh, no slugs. Uh, <laughs> no slugs, but they did die when it collapsed on them. But they lived those four years slug-free. <laughs> this is a good one. Hello, hello in fact, the insurance, my house is fell down because the bricks were balanced on some salt. <laughs> and uh, we had a tequila party and everyone was licking the walls <laughs> did you have any other um, handy yeah. um... there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hotel which is located in both Switzerland and France because the border runs through the middle of it so the Swiss French border bisects certain parts right get onto this so it bisects the honeymoon suite bed which I mean, come on, that's amazing. Isn't so it? you could be getting laid in France and Switzerland, depending we, on what position you're in. Well, if you present it rightly, you could be French kissing, but Swiss shagging, whatever that is. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, the points of entry could literally be the border, couldn't it? You could oh be my like God. Out in, out Swiss, French, Swiss, French. You could like that. Imagine that. So uh, the other point. This where... is puzzle resistance. Oh, you can't say resistance when you're doing that. It should be zero resistance unless you're playing some kind of role play thing. Uh, Why aren't because... you making any noise? I'm neutral. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're that size neutral. Let me get the map. Let me check it. You'd have GPA, GPA, GPRS on. So you know where you Where's the Nazi gold? Where's the Nazi gold? <laughs> Who's your Fiora? <laughs> Imagine it's, if you had one on the book on the boards of the Germany and Austria, and they could call it like the Von Trapp Hotel. 
but you haven't seen the hats, the sounds of music, but that that's fitting. That would be fitting if I knew what you were talking about. But if it was on that border, you could call it the it's called the Anschluss, isn't it? Where Germany and Austria would join together. So is it? You know, yeah, so sexual union could be called the Anschluss. Does Van fancy the Anschluss this evening? I'm on the Anschluss, you're so bad. <laughs> I'm going to Anschluss your brains out. Um, so the other point of the hotel where the, the border runs through is there's a set of stairs that starts in France but ends in Switzerland. And this is what it says where the farm is, right? It says, it says, the upper rooms were thus ideal as a hideout for French resistance members during World War II as the Nazis weren't allowed to cross onto the Swiss side. Now, if, this, if the Nazis were chasing you up the stairs, you couldn't just get into a room and go, can't get me, I'm in Switzerland. Like, it's not a kid's game, is I'm it? Not, I'm no, I'm no um, wartime historian here. I'm pretty certain the Nazis got up to much more darker stuff than crossing the border on some stairs. Exactly. Pretty sure they exterminated men, women and children. Going on the, the next step to bring you into Switzerland is not going to really phase no. them. No, I don't think so. So I, f- I feel like that's a strange thing to to uh, to be shouting about, but I do like <laughs> I do I am a big fan of that honeymoon suite. I'm Frank. You can't get me. I'm in space. <laughs> in space. <laughs> I'm not actually on the ground. I'm floating, so you can't get me. I'm not even. I mean, I feel bad now, but. Oh yeah, but if, the... we use, if we're gonna use that argument, we may as well. Yeah. That's a very, very, that's the logical conclusion of that argument. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's called the Hotel Arbez. Anyway, so, and there's another slightly strange hotel in Colorado, which is called the Stanley Hotel, which was the inspiration for the Overlook Hell Hotel, which was in Stephen King's The Shining. So, the famous hotel in that. And oh, it's a big hotel, long corridor. Yeah, it's really scary. And I've got twins I've never as well. Seen so. The Shining, because as we, but we all know from previous episodes, I'm a shit bag with horror films. Oh, it's, it is scary because it's it's one of those really well-made ones where it's the suspense is everything, you know? So it's not just gore and horror. It's like, what's going to happen? And the the si- it's the it. psychological aspect. It is. And the I must are- admit, though, you know, when when it, because of that imagery, I know when I do go to a hotel, if I have to walk down a long corridor, I feel I feel a little bit nervous. Yeah, I've, I've done that in hotels on my own when I've started running. And uh, once I do that running, from a hotel on my own. Yeah, once you start running, you, you're getting yourself into all sorts of problems mentally. Because <laughs> nothing is that not much, but you know, when I've been to gigs where I've been on my own and I've stayed in a hotel, mm. I, once I get out the lift, it just shits me up and I have to get to my room as soon as possible. And I think it's because we're all, we've been brought up with that imagery of like someone could jump out or you know what I mean? Well, do you do that thing when you check into a hotel? The first thing I do is check behind the shower curtain. Shower curtain. Yeah. Check that the guy from Psycho's not there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this hotel, it plays The Shining non-stop on the tellies. So if you're no, in the... I, I, I'm not on board with that. I mean, I suppose people are staying there because they love the film, but that would that would be well, terrifying. Well, people, people who are into that, then they, they need to be investigated by the authorities, I think. <laughs> I'd have to take and the I'll edge off what, and put... Right, going off subject for one sec. Before we started recording this podcast, I was watching Nothing to Declare, which is one of my favourite programmes. And they were opening some packages in the post room in Melbourne Airport. And this mum was like, so we've got this uh, this package from America and it's a coyote skin and it's it's intact. It's literally just the whole coyote skin with the, with the claws and the mouth and the other. 
and we just need to check for, to make sure there's no creatures on it, whatever. I'm like, never mind, check on the coyote skin. Find out who it's being sent to and check that fucking deviant. Why are they ordering a coyote skin with the claws on? They're the people you need to be investigating. What and I feel it? the same way about the people who want to stay in the hotel where they play the psycho music or the what's the name, the shining music. What if the they coyote should not skin, be part of normal society? But what if the coyote skin was ordered by a coyote who's got alopecia and was just trying to make himself <laughs> feel a bit better? I just want to feel normal. I'm st- my self esteem has gone through the floor. I found a website. <laughs> uh, world's most expensive omelets. There's a New York City uh, hotel called Le Parc and Meridian. And it serves, it serves the most expensive omelette in the world called the Zillion Dollar Lobster Frittata. It's $1,000 and it contains a full pound of lobster and more than half a pound of caviar. Would you eat that omelette? Um, I, I wouldn't have half a pound of caviar. I've never had caviar. I would, if it was, I, would, I would eat it if someone bought it for me, but I'd say, can you put the caviar on the side and give me some like toast, something like toast or something. Couldn't have half a pound of caviar. I'd rather have brown sauce. Would sit in your stomach? Have you ever had caviar? I'd be like, can you bring me a litre of gaviscon, please? <laughs> I have a gaviscon. I, I have had, sorry, I have had caviar. You've had gaviscon? Um, Show off. The beauty of caviar, like I never thought I'd like it. I really didn't. And then I tried it and I was like, God, this is lovely. But the reason it comes in a little tiny tin and the reason you only have a little bit of it is because it's so rich. You couldn't eat, you couldn't like, you couldn't spread it on a piece of tiger bread. Do you know what I mean? You'd just be like, no, sorry, too too much caviar. Well, I had oysters once, and they were absolutely vile because my mum and dad got sent them from the friends who live in Scotland, and and I like absolutely a real love nice, oysters. Oh, it was, it was like a nice gift, you know, these expensive oysters and some champagne. It was New Year's Eve, and we all sat down to eat it. And I don't know whether they've been prepared wrong or whether they were just mingled, but it was like a bush tucker ch- trial because, like, we were all going, "Ah, oh, remember me dad having a bit?" And he just went, "Oh no, oh god, no." <laughs> <laughs> like you're being forced. Like you're being forced into I never thought I liked them, and I really loved them. You like them? Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I need to try them again. I've got a much more sophisticated palate these days. If you have them next time, um, just put some Tabasco on them or and some shallots, like the finely chopped shallots and Tabasco. Right. It's fit. Bit of the daddy sauce, maybe on the side. Just <laughs> keep it real. <laughs> keep it real. He, he likes oysters, but you know he's yeah. a man of the people, so he has HP with it. Some red salt. Put some, <laughs> some, some uh, brown jus. Hey, what's um, the most swanky hotel you've ever been in? Swanky hotel. Um, mm. I think it was one in London. Where oh no, actually no, it would have been our honeymoon. Our honeymoon, we stayed in one in Barbados, and it was like you know five star honeymoon. Just you know, never stay anywhere that nice ever again. So let's go all out. And the day we got, I think we paid for like the. It was like three grades of room. We paid for the middle one. And on the day we got there, they said, oh, your room's not ready, so we're going to have to give you like the, the, the least good room for one night. And we were like, oh, it's a shame, but never mind. But because of that, they then, for the rest of the week, moved us to the best room, which was like a penthouse suite with two stories. It had floor-to-ceiling, like glass uh, windows and looking out onto the ocean. And it had all these like tankards of, of rum. They just kept filling up. It was just amazing. The food was amazing. That sounds... That sounds amazing. It's amazing. And 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 most hotels I stay in aren't like that. So I really, I really appreciated it. What about you? Well, the one we stayed in when we went to Australia was really nice. And it, it was 
cheaper than it should be because they were they were building tram lines outside it so they couldn't get anyone to stay there it was right on circular key in sydney so we got like the biggest discount you could get and the room was just magnificent it was gorgeous so that was nice but the most ex- i didn't stay in this one but the most expensive the most fancy hotel i've been in this is hilarious so me and crystal went to i built it up too much now me and crystal went my friends went to nice for the weekend right and um so we, we we were having a nice time and then she said we're going to go to the negresco which is like where like george clooney stays and all that and it's got this dead fancy like old school glamour hotel on the front in nice so we were like we'll go there she and she was she was pregnant at the time only just so she's like i can't drink but i'm going to go in there and have one nice glass of wine and we're just going to sit there and absorb like the atmosphere and all that because of it it's dead fancy so like, okay so on the saturday night we got all dolled up in there we went for something to eat and then we toddles along to the negresco and it we were dead dressed up in high shoes. Well, I had high shoes on and Crystal had her flip-flops, but she had this, like, bag for life with her. <laughs> and inside the bag for life was, like, high-heeled shoes, right? And she said, I can't walk all the way there in these shoes, but I'll change my shoes just before we go. And there's all these really other nice, really fancy hotels on the front, but, like, lovely privets and hedges and whatever. So just before we get to the Negresco, <laughs> Crystal takes her flip-flops off puts them in a bag for life then gets these strappy gorgeous heels and puts them on and she didn't know what to do with this bag for life so we were just by this hotel before the negresco and there was a big massive gorgeous um trimmed privet and she just went like that and she just shoved the bag inside the privet with the with the flip-flops in and went i'll leave that there if it's there when we come out i'll be made up if it's not the flip-flops were a pound and the bag for life was 90p it's okay so I was just like, I mean, I feel embarrassed for us both, but this is awesome. So then we, we wandered into the Negresco like we were, we lived there. And there's this big, massive, like, circular, um, like, reception. And I was like, I feel self-conscious. I feel like they know we're not staying here. And she, went, she was going, just, just, just act cool. Just, just act like you're meant to be here. So we were like, okay. And then we got in. We didn't know where the bar was. Then <laughs> 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 we had to go. And um, go to the fe- the fellow reception. I was like, "Hello, yes, I'm sorry. Which way is the bar? I've lost my bearings." And they were like, "Oh yeah, it's just down there." So we walked into the bar, thinking it was going to be full of all like the cool young rich people of Nice, and we'd be like fitting right in, like, "Ha ha ha!" Pass me a glass of Chablis. And we walked in, and it was like, um, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation, where he goes to like the house, and it's all wooden panels and like stag's heads yeah. on the wall. Yeah. And it was really, really old-fashioned. And then there was just loads of old American people, you know, when they have them, like, um, utility gilets with book pockets and uh, pastel jumpers. And, like, they were at a pro-celebrity golf tournament. And we walked <laughs> in and we were just, like, and it was dead, right? And we both, both walked in, like, dressed up like fucking Kim Kardashian or something, thinking that we were gorgeous. And we looked around and it was, like, God's waiting room. So then we were like, oh, Jesus Christ. So then we are like, what should we do? And Crystal went, but Ian, I may as well have a drink. So then the waitress comes over with, <laughs> with the drinks menu, right? And uh, we were like, oh, yeah, thanks. Just take a menu, please. And then we sat down and then we looked at this menu and it was like 24 euro for a glass of wine, right? And the pair of us just looked at each other, right? And just went in bulk laughing, like <laughs> to the extent where we weren't making a sound, but we were just shaking with laughter, right? And then the, the waitress comes over and saw us and she started laughing. And then she went, 
do you want anything? And we went, no. We just got a <laughs> And all the staff were laughing. But I felt like they weren't laughing at us. They were laughing with us because they knew yeah. that we were just being dickheads. And then we left. And we were just like, but the best part was when we came out, we went to the bush where she put her flip-flops and the bag was still <laughs> 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 So she got her flip-flops and put them on. And then we just carried on with our night. Oh, you should have put we a little like, bottle of bullshit, little bro. bottle of strong little bottle of strongbow in the bag would have been the perfect <laughs> way to just like save the night. Just some cheap so ass funny. drink. Little... It wasn't what we were expecting. Oh, that's great. I love that <laughs> because there's a level of confidence if you if you just if you walk into any it's not just hotels, it's anywhere. It's like events, restaurants. If you walk in with a level of confidence and, and often it you've got to put it on like it's an act. People just assume that you belong there. And people yeah. assume that, like, us, or they think that you're there all the time. Or a lanyard helps as well sometimes. Like, if you've got, like, a lanyard around your neck and you walk in with that straight back, you know, shoulders back, people just think, oh, yeah, they, they, they know. It gives it away a bit when you, you have to say, excuse me, sir, where's the bar? I've lost my bearings. <laughs> but you think, oh, just, I'll just smile and tell us people. But if I'm really rich, really rich people don't do that. No. So I walk in like that. Hi, hello, good evening, how are you? <laughs> like a knob thinking, yeah, I'm just going to like fit in here. And you tell the staff, like, nah, she's too nice. She's being too nice to be rich. Yeah, I, I always feel like I'm, I stand out like a sore, sore thumb. In, in situations like that, because I if I get the menu and it's that expensive, I let out an audible like squeal, like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, like, I let it know. And also, you can tell. I, me and my mates, we, one of my mates won uh, a box at Everton once for the for the match at Goodison Park and like the VIP, um, you know, box. But it was all, everything was free. It was all free ale. And everyone else was just like regular box holders. And you could tell we'd won a competition because the way we were acting wasn't befitting of, you know, the situation we were in because it was free drinks. We were just going, get, we'll get three of them. We'll get four of them. And we're like all doubling up on whiskeys and stuff and making loads of no everyone else is just acting like it's normal that's what you gotta be normal it. yeah not making a pig of themselves oh like we went me and me mates went to we went to dublin one weekend and um it was just like four girls we just went to dublin and we we me friends had gone oh you know where we need to go we need to go to the clarence which is the hotel owned by bono or bono whichever way you stay yeah i'm not a fan but anyway, we'll go there. So on, on the Saturday afternoon, we'll just go in the afternoon and have a cocktail and see what it's like. Because uh, we can't afford to go there. If it's dead fancy, we can't afford to go there and be like Playboy. So we'll just go and have one cocktail, sit there in the afternoon and take in the atmosphere. Because everyone had said it's like the coolest place in Dublin, whatever. So anyway, we all put on nice outfits in the day, a little walk around. We went to the Clarence and we all got a cocktail. And it was really nice. And then after that, You've been somewhere dead, dead nice in Dublin, and then you go out around Temple Bar, and you're just like, hmm. it's not the same. It's like, it's like being given like a ticket to the Met Gala and then going to Smoky Moose. Do you know what I mean? That's what it was like. <laughs> but then as the night went on, we were like, shall we just go back to the Clarence and just have like one cocktail each and make it last all night? Because we really loved it there. And it was dead chilled, it was dead nice inside. And so we were like, yeah, so we all we all toggled back to the Clarence and we're in there and it's chocolate in there because it'd been like um this oxygen festival in, in Dublin, which is like a big pop festival. So yeah. lots of lots of the acts were staying in the Clarence. So how the Galeras on that will never know. And we ended up in the residence bar and um 
some fella who was in the beautiful south come out and went started talking to us he was like do you want to come in the residence bar and have a drink with us and we were like oh yeah and then this fellow went they can't come in they haven't got wristbands and we were like oh for god's sake so we stood there and we were at the bar and we having our drinks and that and um we were like literally we had no money left we were like this is our last drink we've got to make it last and then this waiter comes over with a tray of shots four shots in like a wooden block and goes the gentleman at the end of the bar sent these over and i was like the fucking cheapskate sends and shots. Couldn't you send us off a lager if you could have made that last longer? Yeah. So then we had them. And then it got to 12 o'clock and I just went and I looked at me watching. I was like, oh! my family allowance has just gone in. So where's the way set? A bottle of champagne, please. We got a bottle of champagne. And then cause people thought we were like loaded. All these like people started talking to us. This woman's talking to us. She reckoned she was Bono's sister. She's like that. Have you tried this one on the cocktail menu? It's really nice. She goes, cranberry, it's got this, it's got that. I've tried everything on the menu. And I was like, oh, how come you tried everything on the menu in here all the time? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Bono's my, si- my brother. I'm his sister. I'm here all the time. He lets me come here and drink. I drink the bar. I was just like, you're either telling the truth or you are 100% lying. You know, like there's no. Yeah. You yeah, still yeah. don't know. There's well, no, I, I love that though when someone's so like adamant even if they're even if they're talking about their ass I think it's dead entertaining it's just go on I keep keep talking but then yeah so she's going oh you gotta try this cocktail you gotta try that I went listen love I've just spent my family allowance and a bottle of champagne we're going home soon <laughs> we're finishing this and we're going <laughs> my kids are going without shoes this week because of this yeah. one drink you know you know, I, I I think we should do this when we're, when we're back off Zoom and we're in the studio again and we've got cameras. I really want to do this because I want to see what yours your version is. But I've always wanted to... You mentioned the, the person sending your shots over. I've always wanted to do that to someone, just to do that, like, face. You know, when someone gets a drink like uh, on a film and they go... Oh, like the little, oh. like, raised eyebrow cheers. Yeah, thing. yeah. How how smarmy and how creepy <laughs> do you... Or are you just dead friendly or, or you just look like a dickhead? Because, like... People always say, oh, I didn't order these drinks. No, no, it's from the gentleman over there, the bald man with the glasses with, you know, it's like... I'm it's the- only happened to me one other time. And that was, I was in Barcelona with my mate on a Hindu and we were, me and Anna's sisters and, and, and one of his sister's mates. And we were in this restaurant and we were just like sat around having a really, really good laugh. And we were drinking this red wine. And then the waiter comes over and goes, um, did that group of lads sent over a bottle of wine for you? We were like... Um, and one of them came over and went, we were just watching you. You just seemed to be having such a good time. So that's off us. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like the sweetest thing ever. There's absolutely nice. no, no, yeah. no, like, agenda. They were just no. like, we want them to carry on enjoying the night. And I was like, that's really sweet. Well, I've never had drinks sent over to me and I've never sent drinks to anyone else. But I have practiced that face. And uh, <laughs> so I need to <laughs> get myself into a situation where I can just do the face without it but it can't be creepy it's got to be it's got to be friendly but it's a fine line and it's because i just want to then you've got you got to you run the risk when you accept the drinks so when, when the man in dublin sends us the tray of shots i went to the barmaid what's he drinking and she went oh he's just on guinness i would put a guinness in for him off us because it was like to really like that like you know i don't know whether it's like a working class thing but it, i don't know like you don't know someone that is stranger and they send drinks so you're like what's their game yeah. Oh, you've got to be suspicious, haven't you? So if you send a drink back, then there's no, like, you know, it's not a, like a, a transaction. Oh, no, man. Fear no, man. That's what they say. Exactly. 
Exactly. We, we used to go to this fancy... In fact, we stayed there, but we didn't used to drink there. Me and Rach went to Vegas about probably about eight years ago when we stayed in the Bellagio. But it, the bars in there were a bit expensive, so we used to like go elsewhere and have a few, you know, have a night out. But then we'd treat ourselves to one nice, like really nice cocktail in this Bellagio bar where they had like a, a guy in a white tuxedo playing the piano and they'd have a singer on sometimes. But it was like proper Vegas, you know, you felt like you were in the middle of it. Yeah. And we used to, they had these cocktails that would had a certain type of Jack Daniels that had been made especially for the Bellagio, so you could only get it in the Bellagio. So I'd have like an old fashioned with one of them and she'd have some kind of fancy cocktail. And then we'd play a game called Daughter or Hooker because there was all these men with these women who were younger than them. We were like... I love that. I, I just... play Fake Tits Real Tits. Oh, that's a good game. That is a good game. These could be on Challenge TV, these ideas, because they're not <laughs> they're not the worst ideas. In the 90s. Yeah. yeah Topless weather. <laughs> yeah. Lunchbox <laughs> volleyball. That was on. <laughs> That was it, and then they had the one with the little, the little person jumping up and down doing the weather, didn't he? On there, uh, on, on, on a on trampoline. Light. On a trampoline. <laughs> Wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> I don't even think he worked for the Met Office, you know. I think he was just. I imagine going through all them years of like learning to be a meteorologist, and you go right. Can you jump on a trampoline and do it? Or losing your job to that little person on the trampoline who doesn't know <laughs> fuck all about weather. <laughs> Listen, mate, you can't compete with this shit now. You've got to have a gimmick. What's your gimmick? Uh, I haven't got one. I just know, know stuff. What's hey, the what's most... the worst hotel you've ever stayed in? Uh, oh, do you know what? Uh, I've had loads of like bad ones. I think I've had... There was one where I felt like I had to move, you know, the classic move, like the, the wardrobe in front of the beds. And that was, a, that was a bed and breakfast, actually. And it was up near Darlington, I think it was. And I think it was the first... Yeah, you had to move the wardrobe in front of the bed. Yeah. It's just this fella. There's something about him. I just didn't trust. I didn't trust him. Um, I thought he might try and take advantage of me. Oh. <laughs> um, and it, I think it was like one of the first times I'd stayed away doing stand-up. And so I was dead excited because I was doing two nights up in the northeast. And I thought, I'll get a B&B. Wasn't getting much money, but I'll get a B&B and I'll stay over on, on one night. And uh, he, he was just... He was heavily religious and he had no idea about personal space. So when he was like greeting me, he was just right in my face and there was just something there was just something about him. I just thought, he's gonna he's gonna come into my room, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I had to move the wardrobe um just enough to stop the door and, and live to tell a tale. But it was it was horrible, but it was clean. The breakfast was nice. So Oh yeah. the worst I, ones I've stayed in was we were both in Magaluf. So one of them was um, me mate's Hendo, and we went because it was like all inclusive, cheap Hendo, which you don't mind because you know if it's cheap, you know what you're getting and you know what you're paying for. But when I came home, I was telling my cousin where we stayed, and she went, Oh, what room are you on? Where are you in? And she went, Because the one I was in, someone had died in the day before, she fell off the balcony. And I was just oh, like, God. It was just, it was horrible. Um, but then the other one was uh, me and Mick had just gone away for like a little. September, like four days away. So we got we gone to Parmanova, but we stayed like right on the edge of Parmanova, boarded and on Magaluf. We stayed in this hotel and the walls were like tracing paper between the rooms. You could hear conversations, you could hear people having sex. I went to the toilet one day. Oh no, I was going to get a shower, I think, and then I could just hear the man having a piss in the bathroom <laughs> in the next room. But like I could literally hear Every drip, every drop, 
and it was like I was next to a racehorse person and I was just like and it was just the beds were like cardboard and it, you know it's one of them like dead cheap or inclusive ones so there's like a table by the bar and people used to fight to sit at this table to be as near to the bar as they could I mean we barely spent any time at the hotel but when we did we were just people watching to death and it was yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah. But we had a really brilliant laugh. We've met this really old Geordie couple. And then the four of us would sit there and do the mirror quiz words every morning. You <laughs> 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 would thank you. But yeah, it was, it was, oh, it was awful. Yeah, I mean, I've stayed in loads where you're like, you, you think there's like things in the room at night or like the bedsheets are dirty. But you do, like only for one night, I've never really had a bad experience where I've been there for like more than like a night or two. And then I just get drunk and just self-medicate and just get through it. I think you'd have to. I went to Alcudia once, me and Sam, and he was little, just the two of us. And the, don't if anyone's listening, don't ever go to Alcudia. It's the worst shithole I've ever been to in my life. There's all these like weird canals that are part of the sewage system, but they're open. So Where it's is like, it? Is it Spain well, or Italy? It's in Mallorca. Was it crawling with? It was just crawling. It was horrible. I got bit on the face by a mosquito while I was asleep and I woke up the next morning and I looked like I had been in a boxing match. My face was just like dead swollen. We were catching cockroaches in the room all the time. We were on the ground floor, so it was dead easy for them to get in. And then on the last night, we were watching the entertainment in the hotel, which weirdly, one day, Sam came in and went, I'm just going to play football with James. And I went, James, who? He went James from our streets, and it's it, it me from our street. His mum and dad had come to stay in the same hotel, so it's weird. Oh, but then on the last night, we were all sat together watching the entertainment, and then there was just this swarm. I mean, it'd been dead humid, and this swarm of flying cockroaches just descended, and we were <laughs> knocking them off our. It was like Tenko. I can't even tell you. It was it was the horrible. And even now, I just think back to that and go, it was like, it was like being held hostage for two weeks. It was horrible. You need a tennis racket, just start swinging it. Ooh. We did stay in one. tennis rackets that with that have a battery and they give creature electric shock and kill them. Those ones are great. You can get, yeah, for like, yeah, for like uh, flies and stuff. We but I feel in... like they're, they're the gateway drug. They're like the gateway weapon to like the just committing genocide on a bigger scale. Yeah, before you know it, you you got a horse. You join in the hunt, fox hunting, and and then, and then just where does it go from there? Taking over a small country and you know <laughs> turning no. things against everyone. It's bad yeah. that I enjoy that so much, though. That that little connection and hearing the fly get electrocuted. It's the power of it. Power of ending become, someone's what's life. What's become of me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, um, I had what. Let me just tell you this other fact because uh, this this. Sort of talking about killing this, there was a, apparently there's a 19th century serial killer in the US, and he opened a hotel which he designed and built just specifically with murder in mind. So it included soundproof rooms, trapdoors, walls lined with blowtorches, and two incinerators. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that's horrific. it. That's commitment to your art. Sounds nicer than the Adelphi in Liverpool, to be fair. But that's <laughs> uh, that's been the subject of a documentary. What's the most important thing to you in a in a hotel then? If you stay in a hotel now, what, what things are important to you? Clean bathroom and a comfy mattress. That's all, isn't it? I can't bear a hard mattress. I can't bear when they give you one pillow. Yes. I, you know what else I hate? You know when they took the sheet into the end of the bed, like they've glued it. Yeah, I feel like I've been uh, taken hostage. I feel like there. you're being mummified in bed. Yeah. 
yeah, you, yeah. you can't move. I have to kick it all out, kick it all out. Yeah. And then I, I do spend a while trying to get the right number of pillows because I feel like pillows are like, I don't know, they're like bottles of wine or boobs. One's not enough and three's too many. <laughs> like, but sometimes two's a bit weird. And so I end up with like putting, like balancing them weirdly and then putting my head in the middle. So I take my own pillow when I can. But obviously, I, if I'm getting the train, I can't just walk around with a pillow under me. Yeah, no, when, when I've been on long flights, I took a pillow with me. Yeah, because it just... Because them little weird pillows they give you on the plane, I mean, pointless. Yeah, well, they just... They, they, they were shite in the 80s when they first came out. Nothing's been improved. No, they should... You know what I think they should do? Make pillows against the seat, you know, against the sides of the plane when you're on the window seat. Just make it like put a pillow around that area so you can lean your head against it. Like a yeah, like a padded area. Mm. Or you know those things when you break your neck, they like sort of like there's like a frame around your neck with your head in it. Oh no, you can buy them. They're like a special scarf thing you can buy on Instagram, and you tie it so that if you tip your head to one side, it's like a little little rest for your head. <laughs> what a world. What a world yeah. we live in. I, I, people I, people have asked us, told us how they want to fix hotels, haven't they? Yeah, well, we've had more comments for this than anything else before. We've had like, like about over 90 comments for this. So I've got some of the, the ones that stood out here. Um, these are the comments from people. And if you want to comment on future episodes, you can get in touch with us on uh, all the social media platforms. Twitter at Fix the World Pod, or if you go uh, on email, you can email us on Fix the World nine nine nine. Email, email, females, and males, and everything in between. Yeah, email, uh, and we we are available uh, through all the channels. So this one is uh, right. The name's important of this one. This comment is by someone called Hell Bullock. So remember the name because uh, this is their comment. I booked a well-known hotel in Dublin for work and a few weeks later checked in. They got my first name wrong at check-in, but had all the other details correct. I went to my room on the third floor, which was the penthouse. Yes. Now, remember, I said, look at my name. They put me in a Sandra Bullock. Great service, though. <laughs> Can't imagine why. That's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Amazing. That's great. And then she fell in love with someone who was in a coma and um, was not one of her films. Oh, yeah. We've all done <laughs> but- that. While you were sleeping, what happened what, to Sandra Bullock? What's the, she was, what, what, she was, what do you look for in a person? Be them being comatose. Yeah, not answering back, ideally. <laughs> and, and silently agreeing with all of my ideas. <laughs> uh, this is by Judith Hanby, got in touch to say she stayed in the chain hotel. She found some underpants under the bed that were not hers after being there for two nights. She was offered a free breakfast as an apology and was not offered a room change because of COVID. <laughs> That's, uh, horrible. That's horrible. Oh, tell Anna a free gift. Oh, no. Yeah, she, I don't know if she took him home with her. It's like a, oh, God, that's... You know, yeah, it's it, that's the thing. It wasn't offered a room change because of COVID. COVID's the excuse for everything now, and it's sorry, sorry, COVID. Sorry for the shitty... Sorry, we don't need to bed. catch COVID, but there's a pair of dirty bills under the bed that we're not bothered about. There's a pair of soiled undergarments under your place of rest. Sorry, COVID. Ew. <laughs> Horrible. We mentioned the Adelphi before. This 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 next comment, Emma Wynn. She talks about uh, we once stayed in a Britannia hotel, and then she says, "I know they are the worst hotels ever." Um, 
I mean, they haven't got a great reputation, have they? But anyway, she says, but it was cheap and we stayed in Leeds for our friend's child's christening. Anyways, the morning after, we woke up to go to have our breakfast at 8 a.m. As we came back up to our rooms, dressed and leave, there was a half-naked boy in our bed. <laughs> what the fuck? Whoa! I remember, I remember saying to my partner... Was he a ghost? <laughs> I don't know. I remember saying to my partner, who would come straight in to go to the toilet. Um, Do you know him? him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is he with you? Because I don't remember bringing him home. She, she said, um, there is someone in our bed. Uh, and then she says, bless him. He was out with the lads and somehow managed to use his card uh, or security allowed him into our room. I so I don't know how that ended, Emma. Let us know oh, so when ended. she says boy, she means a young man, not a child. I think so. I don't know how old Emma is, but I'd imagine she maybe is not 18 to refer to an 18-year-old uh, male as a boy. But uh, yeah, so I don't know whether they kept in touch or... What happened after that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun. But that's Britannia for you, isn't it? You don't, you don't know what the breakfast is going to be like. You don't know who you're going to wake up next to. Uh, Alana Kelk. Great name. Once had a hotel with a really powerful shower. Great, you might think, but nothing worse than a week shower. But you have to, nothing worse than a week shower. You have to dance around under to get wet. But not this one. I think it had been installed in. I think it had been installed by Carter, and the only way I could use it was to back up to it for fear of losing a nipple. Oh my god, I totally know what she's on about. When it's proper, like you feel like you're going into prison. Yeah. You're just like going underneath going, why? Why do you want to rearrange my features with this extreme jet of water? <laughs> you're waiting for the louse dust to come hit up, your eyes. Come out the shower like a Picasso painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a melted <laughs> candle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we, me and Rachel, we said, how's the shower? You know, the first one we get in, how's the shower? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've lost the sight in one of my eyes. One of uh, you always has to be the person who sets the shower up for the temperature and works it out. Oh, is that you? That's me. I always work the shower out. You're, you're like one of those people who cracks safes, safes with like the. Yeah, I'm good. At, I'm a puzzle. I'm a problem solver. <laughs> 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 or or a, a knob twister is another way I call it. <laughs> yeah, a fiddle with things. A fiddle with things till, it, till it's working. That's basically what fiction is. I have is, a very it? specific set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> that should be on the start of the podcast, shouldn't it? Before each episode. Yeah. Why the, Why we're qualified for this. Catherine Hawke says, I once stayed in a seaside hotel, my window overlooking a flat roof. There was a dead seagull laid flat out on said roof. It was there for my whole stay. Which was five days. Oh, the circle of life. Yeah, just slowly watching it. I mean, isn't it funny though? Oh, you don't see dead birds. Where do the dead birds go? I think other birds eat them, do they? Do they? Or cats, maybe? Like, what? what, Have you ever just seen a bird drop out of the sky dead? Where did they go? Only once. I think it got hit by lightning. It was a pigeon. It was on. I was on Lord Street in Liverpool, and I was waiting for my girlfriend at the time to come out of work, and I, I was like sheltering under a, like a canopy. And oh my god! Were well, you like this? Be an omen. I better stay yeah. with her. It did feel a bit like that because this lightning bolt came up out of the sky and just hit this pigeon. I didn't see the contact, but then this pigeon dropped, but it was sort of sizzling, and it was like its legs were moving. And a guy next to me said, "Are you going to do something?" I was like, "No." <laughs> 
What were you meant to do? Yeah. Stand back. You got any batteries? I just, I, I'm going to watch it die, oh, mate. Later on go... that night, you, you get up and it's like, are oh, you in the mood, Sam? And you're like, reliving <laughs> pigeon being electrocuted by lightning. You don't know what I've seen, baby. <laughs> I've been to hell and back. <laughs> <laughs> the poor pigeon, though. But I've also seen a pigeon eating its mates who'd been hit by a bus. So maybe the pigeons just eat it. I've, I've, seen a, I've seen a seagull eat a KFC chicken bone, vomit it up, and then eat it again. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive it what was an a, analogy for life what an amazing review of that food <laughs> yeah. pigeons like it so much they eat it twice <laughs> on ship advisor <laughs> <laughs> I like this meal so good I ate it twice the colonel's uh, recipe is so special <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just a little start not for pigeons <laughs> uh, he probably ate it and thought that was my cousin <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Hughes booked a lovely country hotel for our wedding night, was told there would be a key left for us to get in at reception. Got there at 2 a.m., slightly worse for wear, no key, no staff, totally locked out. Had to ring me dad to come and collect us. And I spent our wedding night on the floor of my parents' conservatory. Well, Have you seen that? I would kick off. I would not like to do that, especially when you compare that to that, where you could be spending your, your honeymoon night in that hotel in Switzerland and France. Instead, you're on the floor of your parents' conservatory, which must have been shite. What a way to begin your married life. Well, marriage can be uncomfortable, so maybe, again, (laughs) an analogy for the future. Uncomfortable, sometimes cold, and ultimately (laughs) not what you wanted. (laughs) Paul Manley says, didn't find the Bible in the bedside cupboard, just a half-empty tube of KY jelly. That's gross. Well, he's left some for him. Well, you might as well make use of it. If life <laughs> life gives you lemons, have a posh wank. Yeah. Um, Hannah B says, soundproof, and you mentioned this, once stayed in a hotel in Italy where you could hear the man in the next room burp. Oh, God. <laughs> I stayed in the hotel in Cardiff the other week and th- there was a guy in the next room and I don't know whether he was getting texts or whether it was uh, I don't know it must have been him getting like WhatsApp messages because his phone vibrated every like 45 seconds and that was really he must have been annoying. getting tasered by a prostitute you don't know maybe on the old the old nipples there <laughs> um, I don't know why I said nipples there that, that was my go-to place for tasering nipples <laughs> Uh, Fern McCollum says, I once stayed at a very cheap hotel in Birmingham where we asked, where we were asked if we were staying all night because apparently the Thai nurses will be coming and going throughout the night. Thanks, Fern. If you could let us know what hotel that was, that would be great. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can Google it. Emma Charlotte Henderson says, had a hairy bearded bandana dude come into our room in Birmingham at 4.45am just over a week ago. First hotel stay since before COVID. I'd only had an hour's sleep. I didn't get any more. So that was fun. That could. What, I need to know what happens in the end of that story. Do you know what? I think she left an emoji, but I don't think I've copied and pasted it. So I don't know what that emoji was. So that probably doesn't give it the context because she says... Well, I didn't unless get it was the, the kinds of emojis... People use and then Could have been, what the aubergine the and the, well. the, the, the water, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what going on in Birmingham? I think uh, uh, I'm gonna deviance on my list of, of buckets. Places bucket to list. visit. This is a this is a funny one. Claire Crawford says, 
I booked a boutique hotel, in inverted commas, for my female manager for a work thing. Checked on TripAdvisor. All reviews seemed okay. She came back and told us she was propositioned over the breakfast buffet as a sweaty guy in a string vest offered her his room key and asked for prices. Again, we need to know which hotel this is, that's, please. That's, I mean, I would never, you know, want to glorify men. All relationships vests. get stale. These, these are the kinds of things we need to know. <laughs> it's just funny the way you <laughs> booked a boss that and a, and, and a boss. Ultimately, it's not, it's not a prostitute, that. I don't think. I booked you in somewhere really nice. Uh, yeah, you can earn extra few quid if you want. Some, <laughs> a bit of overtime. Don't put it on the timesheet, it's all cash in hand. Uh, another one about a boutique, this is our last comment. Emma Louise Jones says, a long time ago, I worked in a boutique hotel. A couple checked in for the weekend and I got on with them during the stay. When housekeeping serviced the room, they found the necklace. I called them and having got on with them well, I first named the woman, but got through to his wife who needless to say, who needless to say, <gasps> not enjoyed a weekend stay with us, nor left her necklace behind. Hashtag oh, and, oh and amazing! Her emoji is the two monkeys, uh, the monkeys with the, the hands over its face, which I think is the right, the right emoji. Oh, Good link that in there. That is boss. So yeah, there you go. That's all your so, comments. But thanks to everyone thank who got in touch. Comments. We appreciate it. Yeah, so, window into your lives. It is. And especially the ones in Birmingham, what lives you're living. The lady who who thinks the definition of a boutique hotel is men walk around to the best <laughs> proposition yeah. you know with the breakfast concept. Maybe instead of boutique, very niche booty hotel. Like where you, <laughs> you go for a booty call. <laughs> it's a very niche hotel, but very I will niche. find and I'll, I'll DM you and I'll find out where that is. I'll go visit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, how would you fix hotels, Kate? Um, stop tucking the sheets in so tightly on the corners. Yeah. Um, a proper system for keys so nobody can get into anyone's room accidentally. Um, when they have little tea-making facilities, yeah, fuck off with the cups with the little tiny holes in the handles. Can't get my finger through. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. That to me is is, and can we just? I know people can't be trusted, but please, can we open the window more than a fraction of a millimetre? Yeah, just to let like, like the natural breeze in, and just like. So I mean, that. like when you're in Aussie, you've got a patio window. That sounds everyone likes that. I mean, like when you're in the UK and they have the heating on full blast, and it's really muggy, and and you can't breathe, and then you go to open the window, and it's it's it's, it's I feel like Teddy Weight in Beirut. Yeah, it's definitely on that level, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. I, I, my fix would be, um, and a couple of people mentioned this as well, having like a way of checking in without speaking to anyone. Because I'm a pretty sociable person, but when I've been in the car for like six hours or the train, I literally just want to get to the room. And it's dead nice that the staff... And also like, when you're house. on your own, because with what we do, sometimes we have to stay on our own. Sometimes you feel like you're being judged when you check in on your own. Yeah, I do. You hear? It's, maybe I'm maybe I'm just hardened to it. Maybe I used to. I don't, I don't know if I do anymore. But I, I just I don't want to. I just feel self conscious because I know that I'm such a people watcher that if I wait, then I'd be like, "Ooh, what's the game? Why are they here on the room?" Yeah, something right. quite not quite right about this situation. Why so is I, I'm judging myself with my the way I would judge somebody else. 
yeah, that sounds like that should be an Aesop's fable. The mm-hmm. lady who judged herself as she judged others. <laughs> in the, the title means work. But there's a nice little uh, learning for you there, I think. Maybe. I don't know what it is like. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I just... I'd also change bath mats, the bath mats that they use, which are basically just thick towels and not adequate. I, I don't like the ones where you get the slip mats that are like the ones your nan used to have. You know, oh, God, pads. no. I just feel like there's like fuck it in them. Yeah, you know, it's, that's just rank, isn't it? So, but uh, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be taken from hotels, isn't it? There's a lot. It's like a diverse thing. There's so many different. Like we started talking about Blackpool. We talked about the most expensive yeah. hotel room in the world. I mean, there's a, and there's everything in between, isn't there? I will say, I've got one more thing. Can we swerve off any kind of buffet situation, food wise? You know, I found the buffet. Like, I don't like buffets. I, I like party buffets where I can go and get a volivant and a pork pie, whatever. I don't like when it's an actual meal. I don't like carveries. I don't like breakfast buffets. I don't like Chinese buffets. I want someone to bring me a plate of food that I've asked for, and that's all I want. Well, that is nice, but I do like a breakfast buffet because I do like to just keep going back for croissants and get a bit of jam. Well, someone said, someone said on Twitter today, didn't he? Well, is the buffet just a breakfast buffet, or is it a buffet that's there at breakfast? before you to partake of to use throughout the day like throw a little croissant in your pocket yeah that was Mick Coyle he said is it is it an all you so does an all you can eat breakfast mean all you can eat now or all you can eat now and was some muffins croissants and tiny Nutella and a napkin for later <laughs> no I think I think we've all done that when we've been on the all inclusive you know when you just think well I can't eat a full breakfast now but I'll take I'll take a little croissant and some cheese and some fruit down and have that for me, a little snack at 10 o'clock. Well, I used to do that when I used to go out, like gigging at the weekend and stay over. And before the kids were born, I'd just get shit faced on the Friday, go out with all the comics, just get absolutely leathered, be out till five in the morning, get off for the breakfast, you know, for the last 10 minutes of the breakfast period, get a load of like fried food into me. And then I'd take like apples and bananas and peaches and, you know, and a healthy yogurt and stuff up to my room and just, I'll eat that later. I just didn't eat it, just needed more yeah, fried just food later on. Yeah, just let them let the apple just age and go bad like my soul was doing doing those games. Well, I think as well, all inclusives. I think that there needs to be a bit more. There's too much choice, and there's just foods available all day, and it's too much. When we went to on the Henzo, my friends Julie and Lauren called called the 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 restaurant in the in the all inclusive. She'd go, "Are we going the food room for snack?" And that was every meal, like as though we were like children in nursery. But we did. And all we did was have beige shoes. One day she had spaghetti and chips on the same plate. <laughs> that should be illegal. So I, th- I think all-inclusive needs to just up its game. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, but I think we've, we, you know, maybe we've not fixed hotels, but we're certainly kind of... There's a lot of things that need attention, isn't there? We've got some suggestions that'll come up in the next AGM of our hotel chain, that's for sure. That's that's all we do here. We, we're putting things into the pot. Solutions. Mixing it up. We're, I, we're more we, ideas people, really, aren't we? We're the, we, yeah, we never said we're going to put these things into practice. We just said we'll we offer you the, the ideas. ideas. It's, up to, it's up to the people who can make them work. Yeah, I think what we're going to do is build up to like a really good TED talk in front of all the movers and shakers in, in, in all of these areas <laughs> that we're talking about. And then they can take our ideas, but obviously they'll have to pay us handsomely for those, you know, 
brilliant sort of <laughs> thoughts that we've got. Uh, but if you'd like to share any of your thoughts with us, you can do that on uh, on social media or you can email us fixtheworld999 at gmail.com. We're yeah, we'd just a love Halloween to hear from you. Yeah, we're going to be recording our next podcast next Monday, so get in touch before then if you've got anything you want us to fix. Yeah. Um, 25th, two weeks from today, that's already taken, babies, because that's going to be our Halloween special. Yeah. And with possibly a live trick or treat. We still haven't figured out the logistics of that. I think, no, I think that's the episode we're going to dress up in Halloween fancy dress and also get drunk, aren't we? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. That's going to be uh, one for the ages. It's going to be a a spectacle for sure. It's going to be, it's going to make the news. So (laughs) tell us how you'd like to fix Halloween or any good, bad, strange experiences you've had with Halloween over the years. But before uh, then, if you need something special fixing next Monday, then holler, because that's what we're here for. The fifth emergency service. Indeed. I feel like we're slowly creeping up the charts to become the fourth, you know. I think we were seventh when we started. We're we're fifth Exactly. So We won't rest till we're the number one emergency (laughs) service, guys. (laughs) And that's when we just (laughs) drop the mic. Unplug the, the, the microphones and just walk yeah. off into the sunset. Sure, sure. We're not saving lives. We're doing something far more important than that. We're telling hotels not to tuck our sheets into tight. <laughs> Someone's got to do it, Kate. <laughs> God damn it. Why can't it be us? So Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. And we'll see please, you all next time. Please share. Please tell everyone about us. Right, write about us on toilet walls. Again. Again, and, and less of the willy drawings this time, please, because we, mm. we know what you like. Because they're not anatomically correct. You all know that. <laughs> of course not. Of course <laughs> especially in this inclement weather. But um, <laughs> thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Fix the World Podcast with Sam and Katie.